and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, right. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Let me just have my tea. Uh, I'm recording. So these are the bits that you can sometimes use. When I usually pre title bits. I usually do. Oh, I just get tea a bit. slips. Oh, good grief. It's cold out there, so it's good to have a bit of tea. <laughs> this is a. This is a funny thing. I remember the very first episode we did, and the first uh, the first opening was just us doing ASMR of like like just like slurping noises and stuff like that. Velcro. <laughs> Rubbing balloons. Mm. Oh, God. No, the, the, first, the first ever episode opened with you chomping on onion rings. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Back in the day. Good times. Look, there is none of that today, but uh, budget. We got, you get tea slips instead. Yeah. Right, let's kick this off. One man's trash is another man's torture. Starring Johan Chappell as the inflictor of pain and Edward Harvey as the victim. From Studio Enigmatic comes the trash tapes. everyone and welcome to another episode of the trash tapes where one man's trash is another man's torture my, i am your host and the inflictor of pain johan chapal and i am here with my victim as per usual edward harvey how are you doing i'm very well thank you nice good so we've we're kind of in a bit of a it's a bit different today i think because we've uh this is actually something i've been promising you for a while yeah right um, in case you haven't noticed, this is now November, and it's been a while, because one of the first things we said, but the problem that needs from the very first episode is, do not worry, there will be ninjas. <laughs> and, um, Gotta have ninjas. I know, and we, and I, and I, and I kind of failed you on that part. I failed you, like, why have we not watched a ninja movie? Get I mean, me you... in suspense, man. Ninja suspense. But you know what? Because this is going to be an introduction to a new thing, right? If this podcast keeps going on and go for every year and so on, we're going to have something called 
Ninja November or Ninjember, which I like. I think we're going to do every November. We're going to watch a ninja movie. Garen flipping Why not? Right. Um, but anyway, just before we kind of kick off with a few things, a podcast in a minute, we've kind of things have been expanding and trying new things out at the minute. Mm. So if anyone's been following us on social media, thank you very much on that. Our Instagram, we're now doing IGTVs now more often, which is yeah. quite good. Um, if those who don't know that, um, Inst- uh, like Instagram now seems to have its very own sort of like t- uh, like like YouTube TV service, yeah, which is really kind of cool. So if you subscribe to us on that way, you can do that as well. Um, we're also keeping ourselves busy by being on Spotify. We're getting ourselves on iTunes, Ica- like Acast, and a whole bunch of different places. Mm. So everywhere, every all the podcast platforms, we just. We're there now, aren't we? We're there yeah. now. Mm. So it doesn't feel like we have to conquer anything now. We just need to get the people to listen. Yeah. Should we uh, Should we just do like a world tour? We're just shouting on a van saying, listen to us now! We need We need Trash Tapes t-shirts. Oh, fuck yeah. Next, <laughs> next Nick's merch. We're going to get a whole I mean, bunch of merch. You were sporting uh, the Trash Tape sunglasses today in this our is Trash Taster, which is now called tra- Trash Taster, isn't yeah. it? Because we, we used to do... Uh, videos for YouTube called Trash uh, Tapes Behind the Scenes. Yeah. We've kind of rebranded a little bit, and it's, it's similar, but it's kind of got more of a rating system now, hasn't it? Yeah, we've got rating systems. We're going to be changing it to some more. It's not really a review, but it's more like, this is what we have, and this is where we think the movie is, right? It basically gets you ready for the podcast. Exactly, because that means if you haven't seen the Trash Taster little video YouTube thing before you come on here. You're going to be coming completely blind. But don't worry, we'll fill you in just nicely. And that's because now I'm going to put on the infamous sunglasses because we're going to watch the most 80s as fuck movie of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, the movie we've, we, have to, we are discussing is Miami Connection. Yay! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have a special treat for you today. We have a new house band with a new dimension in rock and roll. We have the one... The only dragon sound! Black belts in Taekwondo and they're pretty bad. I want you to mess it up by going out with a second rate musician like that John character. They came here to play goddamn songs for kids! Not escape the Miami Ninja! Boss, everybody's done! <laughs> I'd not heard this movie at all, but um, I'm just glad that it's you brought it into my life. I know. Okay, but it is. This is the thing, right? Not a lot of people have heard this movie because it was rediscovered, right? Mm. And this is what I love about these kind of bad movies. A lot of bad movies fall under the wayside, right? Yeah, like they fall into nothing. You had no idea. This one clearly wasn't heard of for a long time. And um, it's because it's got for genuinely good reason for it. Now, the way I describe the plot in a very basic sense before we actually break down the history of what Miami Connection is, what is this marvel of cinema? And all I said to you is it's about a bunch of orphans 
Orphans. Op- or- orphans. <laughs> there are a bunch of orp- orphans who are also orphans. Um, which sounds like some kind of fish. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Who are also all university students, even though clearly some of them look like they're in their 40s. Hmm. Um, who are also masters of Taekwondo. Who are also in an electro 80s rock band, right? And they're fighting against a rival band who are also in a gang who are connected to a bunch of drug dealers who are also bikers who are also ninjas. This is like an eight year old has thought of a movie. It's like, yeah, I want all these things that I love in a film. That's what it is. <laughs> exactly. Right? So this movie is sporadic and I love it for it. Okay. Um, sure. This, is this movie like the perfect bad movie? No. Is, is this movie like almost. It, there are moments where we'll argue, we'll say in a minute, there are little moments where we got a little frustrated, but I'll I'll say one thing right now. This is such a weird cornucopia of just everything 80s and everything ninja and mm. everything... The, the soundtrack is amazing. I know. It's. I, I want to know out there if there's a vinyl record of it. Because if there is a vinyl record of it, that's going in my collection right the fuck now. Because yeah. it is awesome. It's hard to show with a podcast. My head's banging at the minute. <laughs> it's a song about fighting ninjas. Like, is this a regular thing? Oh, I love it. This guy, these guys are going to stop the evil ninjas using the power of Taekwondo. And that's in a song. What the fuck? It's awesome. Yeah, they're like, they're revealing all their plans. I know! It's like, it's like saying, like, it's like, if this was a record and it was sold out, and people are like, don't go near them, we should stop them now, they know Taekwondo. (laughs) Oh, man, the ninja gang would be hearing this and thinking, you know what, they're already just giving their battle plans. <laughs> you don't know how to process this, don't you? <laughs> I really don't. I'm loving it, though. It's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> oh, sexy eye right there. Yeah! Edward Zapiro! <laughs> Not even big bads have fucking pyro. Where did Dragon Sound get fucking pyro? I don't know whether, like, sort of uh, clubs are like that in, in America, but, like, yeah. it's like in Purple Rain, there's epic, like, club with, like, pyrotechnics and kind of lighting and kind of, like, re- like re- it's just like a nightclub which shows bands, but they've yeah. got this epic kind of stage show. I know. Sometimes they're, they're bigger than some other actual big bands. You're thinking, <laughs> where the fuck did you get this? Especially them being orphan college students who also know Taekwondo. The soundtrack's actually fucking wicked. I know! The sound. the score, like. The score, the songs, they're all just like kind of level of pure 80s synthwave awesome. Like, if I was hearing this walking down the street, I would instantly feel like a badass. Like 100%. (laughs) Oh, 
Five of fucking justice and peace. Okay, name the songs are called. Maybe the titles are also on the nose as well. Escape from Miami. I love you. Tough guy. Tough guys. You know. Taekwondo family. Fucking hell. Oh, those those are the main four. Against the ninja, of course. That's my personal favourite. Friends, because they all are. Bloody hell. And yeah. Every oh even the song even the song tiles are on the nose. I am so happy. Soundtrack, instant win. Hold up. Yeah, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> I had to kinda I had to wait to have the eighties play out of my system. So let's talk about what the Miami Connection is and whether or not you should totally get involved 100% into this. So Miami Connection is a movie from 1987. It is an independently funded martial arts film starring Y.K. Kim. Right now, Y.K. Kim, he is the basically the the master of martial of taekwondo. Yeah, he is like the he was the one who clearly he's supposed to be an orphan and a university student. But he's clearly like in his late mid to late thirties, right? Yeah. He looks so old. It doesn't match, right? Now he originally wrote and produced a feature, right? And there's a lot of reasons how this came about. He came, he came from South Korea, mm. yeah. So he, this man came from South Korea, and he traveled. He went to America in the 1970s, yeah. yeah. During that time, in about 10 to about 15 years or so in between, so from the 70s to 80s, he became America's key. Taekwondo master, opening dojos all over the place, right? All right, cool. So he became, so he was the man of Taekwondo at the time, right? Mm. But no one cared about Taekwondo. Everyone cared about Kung Fu and shit, right? So no one really like, Taekwondo, what the hell is that? Yeah. Right? (laughs) Now, he went to South Korea and had a talk show. He went to do a talk show sort of thing, right? And a director called Wong Park, like Wu Pang Park, or nicknamed Richard Park, yeah, right, saw him. And said, "I want to. I want to put you in a movie, right?" So he, why wouldn't you think that? Why he, wouldn't you? He's just—he is great at taekwondo, and he looks great on screen when he's fighting. He is. Yeah. He is actually out of all the fight scenes and stuff, all of the stuff him in it. He's good at it. Mm. It's not like it's not like when people are very sloppy fights. There are others which are sloppy fights, but he was the best thing in it. Yeah. Right? So. The, the producer and the director said, oh, I want to make a movie with you, but clearly didn't think about budget or anything, you know, or any of that kind of malarkey, right? So um, it got to the point where um, they it almost got him bankrupt. Kim mm. borrowed money from his friends, took loans, spent all of his savings, and even mortgaged some of his Taekwondo schools in order to get the film funded. Oh, it sounds like it's quite a, a sad story. This is actually this is actually quite tragic. Yeah, right. It cost altogether that movie cost a million bucks. Right, which I can see the sub production value. Yeah, that's, although, that's quite a, that's quite a lot though for 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 the. For what you saw on screen. I know, right? It's quite a lot. It seems like it would be under a million. Park capitalised after watching the interview and said, right, we're going to do this and so on and get his, and get everyone else involved and so on, right? But he... Because he had no idea of how to make a movie, um, he just went along with it for the, first, for the first half of it. Yeah. When Kim saw the first cut of the movie, right, Richard Park already left for, to South Korea and Kim hated it. Mm. To the point, and I love this, he then decided to reshoot half the movie himself. Right. 
right? Now, he has never made a movie in his life. He doesn't even know how to write a script. So he got some of the cast members who are actually... The majority of the cast members are all people from his Taekwondo school. Yeah. Right? Who've also never made a movie in his life, their mm. life, to learn how to script write. God. And to write this, to write the next half of the movie. Okay? And Seems a really odd situation. It's really, really complex, right? He eventually went to film distributors and stuff like that and everything else. It even got shown in Cannes, right? <laughs> right. Right? How shown, did it do that? It got, I don't know. But it got shown in Cannes in 1987, trying to find, you know, distributors and stuff, mm. right? But a lot of the distributors were not happy with the movie for several reasons, as mm. we saw on the screen. Yeah. It's not great, right? But one of them is, for example, like the ending was actually more of a downer note and a few other things like that. So it's like, right, we need to film a new part of the ending. So it got reshot again mm. with extra fights. So this movie was shot three times. So how was it supposed to end then, do you know? Or? I know how the ending was supposed yeah. to be. Um, spoiler alert, because we're going to talk about the ending eventually. Mm. But uh, spoiler alert, Jimmy dies. Oh. <laughs> what a downer ending is that? <laughs> right? So he died. And it's like, that's too down. So they had to rewrite the ending to give it a happier ending, as well as add an extra fight scene or two to give it more context. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. And the thing was, the, uh, all this was because Kim wanted to make a movie at the beginning of this, right at the beginning, that was supposed to help promote Taekwondo and world peace. Right. <laughs> Which is why the bit at the very end of the movie says, if we could avoid, uh, if we could find a way to destroy violence we can somehow finally achieve world peace yeah it seems like a massive contradiction there because there's so much violence in this movie this movie is gory and this movie like the guys are supposed to be like we're gonna do this we're gonna travel the world with our music to solve world you know for peace and shit are beating up everyone yeah <laughs> oh. oh it's just so odd and i well, it was funny actually when i was watching the movie because i couldn't think of I couldn't... You know, like, when you're thinking of arcs of characters... Yes. You, the, the main sort of rock band sort of heroes... Yes. You can't think of where, where they're going to go A to B. Like, they they just... These ninjas just come across them and don't like them. Yeah, it's it's very random, isn't it? And yeah. this is clearly why, because the script has been rewritten about three times and reshot three times and made a mess. Yeah. Right? Now, when this movie was finally launched, right, it was launched... It had a premiere in West Germany, of all places, and then it had a couple of places all over the place. But it was so critically panned it was out of cinemas in three weeks mm. and then kim was so ashamed of it right that the movie just disappeared from the ether mm. and was never seen from again yeah. until 25 years later yeah when on ebay mm. the person who now distributes the movie called draft house cinemas right yeah. who are part of the draft the alamo draft house which is a cinema chain yeah. in america found this reel of a movie they never heard of and bought off eBay for about $50. Is that like a drive-in movie type guy? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I imagine it being a hit on sort of like the midnight movie kind of Totally. Like, yeah. So he found this movie never heard of, saw it, mm. thought it was the best movie he's ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And then tried to ask Kim, who's also the ex, you know, the producer and all that, to see if it's all right to screen it and to do, it, to do a re-edit and screen this movie in a midnight screening. Mm. And the film... Right. And the thing is, Kim then said no, because Kim generally thought Kim like, you know, it broke him. He yeah. lost all his money. He's ashamed of the outcome. This movie did not create world peace. 
So he was him being like a, a motivational speaker and all this. Just said no. He just grabbed it and just made a great career for himself until this came back. Right. Yeah. So he thought all these requests suddenly of people wanting to do interviews with him because this movie suddenly got popular after screening were jokes and an insult to him. Yeah. It is a tragic story, isn't it? It it's is. Like, he's so ashamed of it that he, he couldn't believe that people would actually like it. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, after after midnight screenings was, of this movie was starting to happen and it's starting to get popular again, Kim finally had an interview and talked about the movie. And now all the members of the cast and crew now have a bit of a tongue-in-cheek enjoyment of this thing. And now yeah. they're, they're very much involved in it. They really love it now. They, in fact, there's even a reunion of Dragon Sound. There's a concert. <laughs> so good. So it does have a happy ending. Oh, It's good that it had a happy ending, though, and people did appreciate it. Yeah, uh, in the end, that happens with a lot of movies, though, doesn't it? They're not appreciating their own time, they, like when they first released, and then they mm. find their audience later, don't they? But this is what I feel like. This is something I can definitely say about bad movies. Bad movies do not get instant love. No, right? Bad movies are a cult thing. It takes time. It mm. breathes. You can only really appreciate a bad movie many years later. Yeah, because you see the effort they're trying to do or 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 you can see all their mistakes and appreciate and be baffled by them or appreciate them mm. right in a weird way like on the when you watch a bad movie for the very first time and it's like a big blockbuster movie or is in the cinema you're watching a bad movie you're not you're not most of the time you're not going to sit there and go like I really loved it because it's so shit no you need to stew on it and it's it's sad really because like the intentional, the, 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 the bad movies like uh, spoofs, like Sharknado-type movies, they yeah. do pretty well, but they, they're aware that they are trashy movies, so they're not the best ones, yeah. but they do better, and it's, it's sad, really, because the, 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 the trashy movies that aren't aware of it yeah. are better, exactly. but they don't make money, like, you know, they, and they uh, <laughs> uh, uh, do really badly with the critics and whatnot, but they are better in terms of... a being a trashy movie because it is purely sincere and this is kim's ma- this is kim's masterpiece mm. you know this is him putting it putting himself out there and really trying to make a movie but then as the movie went on and it got more money and he had to spend so much money and the re-edits and the reshoots and everything else it just crushed him but he's now fully back on the scene he totally loves it and he may not it's not like it's not like a Tommy Wiseau for example right where Tommy Wiseau from The Room has now officially like oh it was always meant to be a bad movie ah yeah whatever I can't do a Tommy Wiseau accent if anyone knows that sounds sounds Swedish Um, (laughs) but um it sounded like a diehard baddie didn't you (laughs) I'm Hans Gruber I am Paul Gruber I am the cousin like the blonde guy you know the blonde guy I'm not going to hurt Hurt you you. Carl Sound. Yep, cool. The movie's starting now. <laughs> God. <gasps> oh, look at the uh, film stock. Already. Somewhere in Miami. Somewhere. We don't know where. Oh, look at everyone. Look at them. Oh, that is... Oh. The guy with the gut, the gangster I like the way the they were posed like a photograph. They were. Like, this is, they're waiting to look cool before the, you know, the gang comes in. All gangsters dressed in suits, fucking Uzis and sunglasses, babes in blue lights. That is... If that's not the most 80s thing ever, I don't know what is.
Look at them. Right, so somewhere in this, there's a jungle, clearly. <laughs> because this doesn't seem to have much of a connection yet. I always think it's funny when you see ninjas in white, like they're not blending in at all. At all. Like... It's like you're failing the whole purpose of being a ninja. <laughs> no, and all the snacks. There it is. They always do this in movies, don't they? It's like, oh, let me taste the product. This is definitely cocaine and not powder. <laughs> I like the fact that they've got a hat like the, like the... Remember those... The the man from Del Monte? Yes! <laughs> they got two of them! Like that. It's like... You reminded me of, like, a... Like a, a oh, God! Ninja star to the neck! Now, take the coke! <laughs> oh! Right in the face! That, that, that looked like ketchup, though. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't fight a ninja! That's what happens when you fight ninjas. those kind of moves. They always seem to go, ah, extra, like, long. Like when Bruce Lee used to break a neck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to put make a note of some of these bits. Arm slice. And if I come across more of these, I can put a tally next to it. Like. I'm totally thinking, this is not the first half <laughs> being chopped today. Right. <laughs> White ninja do anything? Or you just sort of stand there going, go my minions. It's far too clean. He's been using like Daz. <laughs> He's like, I am the whitest, these are the whitest sheets. <laughs> so, let's actually break down what the flipping flop is this movie in terms of plot. Right. So, okay. So the movie starts in where else? Miami. Somewhere in Miami. We don't know where. Okay, and it starts with what clearly is a drug deal happening, right, between what looks like just regular Miami drug dealers who are all fantastically looking very sleazy. Sleazy gangsters with Del Monte hats. We, there were like two or three of them wearing Del Monte hats. I love it, right? I think it's because, oh... You... <laughs> but they weren't testing pineapple juice, they were testing cocaine. <laughs> I love it, because they go like, yep... I love this in movies. I know what they do, but it's also like, it can't be that accurate. Just stabs a bag, rips it open, gets his teeth in, going, yeah, this is definitely cocaine. This isn't baby powder. Yeah. You know? It's ridiculous. So the cocaine thing was happening, right? And the whole thing. But there's, so there's an interaction between two rival ba gangs in uh, bands. Well, we're not, we're not there yet. Uh, gangs in Miami. Mm. And then out of fucking nowhere, ninjas show up. Yeah. On, are they on bikes at that point? Yeah. They start off on bikes. Yeah. And then they seem to crawl in, because it's Miami, clearly, loads of palm trees hidden. It, like, it looked like a jungle. It didn't look like where they were supposed to be. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. A bunch of roly-polies and walking in the dark. And then, just as the drug deal's about to be over, ninjas come and kill everybody. Like, in the first three minutes, there's so much 
amazing trashy 80s garbage in this yeah so you have the sleazy biker you have the sleazy sort of uh gangsters you have the biker ninjas you've got so much neon and smoke um you know and gore like a man gets his arm chopped off straight away yeah yeah in the first fight so the 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 sleazy gangsters they out there obviously the guys that we're in control of the drug trade. And yes. the ninjas, straight away, ninjas taking over. Ninjas <laughs> taking over and we're stealing your cocaine. Yeah. It's like... It's like what, question, right? Okay, so... Nin, what do ninjas need? Why do ninjas need to also be drug dealers? Like, there's so many questions already. And why know. are they also bikers? Yeah. <laughs> ninjas normally assassins, aren't they? Yeah, they're assassins. They're like hide guns. Yeah. And they're all supposed to be sneaky shit. Because mm. there's one... There's loads of ninjas dressed in black, the way they're supposed to be. But there's one white ninja just standing, like, on the on the rim. He's the master, though, isn't he? Master ninja, right? I suppose he isn't uh, often in the shadows because he's, like... He's often hidden away in, like, the dojo, isn't he? Like, yeah. Or, like, wherever. <laughs> yeah, with the whiter sheets. Yeah. He's, it's clearly someone keeps washing that 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 uh, that's, that ghee all the time. Like, yeah. constantly giving it a wash, right? It's amazing. It's pretty fucking white. And I love this big thing. They Suddenly, they appear in the dojo. There's a fucking, like, really Japanese dojo mm. somewhere in Miami somewhere. And the <laughs> he reveals himself, the white ninja reveals himself and says, Where is my money? And terribly dubbed. Yeah, okay, it's awful. All the characters are du- really badly dubbed, right? And Do you think it's like ADR? It's just the fact that they they were speaking a different language. Or? I think a combination of both. Yeah, it's like, where's my money? Where's the money? You have failed me, ninjas, mm. right? And then this guy comes in with a fucking briefcase and says. I took the money. Remember this now. You do... If you do not do this, you'll all have your heads. This is the way of the Miami Ninja. And then it cuts right there, rides the the titles, and and this is where we can clearly see we're in for a roller coaster of a ride. First introduced to the... The title... The the title... The the, the the on-the-nose music, aren't we? Yes. Now... Interesting fact about this, okay? So the music is all it's all originally written for the movie and stuff like that. It's not really any ripped off or whatever. But one of the things that I absolutely love is that, yeah, I believe it's that guy, right? Angelo, right? His name's Angelo Genotti, right? Now, Angelo yeah. Genotti was the mullet and moustache guy. Okay, yeah. He wrote all the music. All right. So he was the creator of Dragon Sound. So he wrote all the songs. The first song, literally, is called Escape from Miami. And it literally just sings about cocaine and ninjas and bikers and just fighting. Just what happened in the intro, basically. Exactly what happened in the intro. It's fucking epic. Because it's said there, like, how much more on the nose do you need to be? Yeah. It's like things like sort of Team America, like, sort of um, mimic that kind of thing, didn't they? Like, yeah. They're like sort of uh, movies. It's just it, in the eighties, you got you did get a bit of that, but not usually that much. Yeah. So by that point, we're finally sort of introduced to it. We're introduced to everybody, like in a montage. So we got the ninjas, we got the bikers. We're introduced to the gang, who are all orphans. Now we're saying orphans because the, the Kim can't speak English, right? <laughs> and he's he can't pronounce orphans. Yeah. Every time he says orphans, he says orphans. <laughs> Right, and we don't want to insult a man's language, but it's too funny where he says it constantly. Yeah, 
It's like, I thought we were, we were all orpans. It's like, oh, good grief. Um, so they're all orpans, right, who are also in a university, who are also in a taekwondo electro rock band called Dragon Sound and introduced to the, the first song. They're all dancing in the club and all that kind of shit. And that is how we're introduced to everyone. We barely get to know names or anything. And this all happens in the first three to five minutes. Yeah, it's very mu- music folk because it reminds me of like Purple Rain in terms of like lots of long like concert sections and stuff of, of, of playing the songs. It's like they really, they really sort of like the director must have loved these songs. Like, I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to, this, this movie is going to be songs and fighting. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know, and you know what? I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> So, Mullet Guy starts singing his song and all that kind of stuff. And then we're sort of now slowly introduced to the rest of the, the rest of the crew, rest of the band and so on. Because the bikers arrive at the club. Yeah. And, he, and the bikers arrive at the club, who are also ninjas. But this is another thing. We're no longer in Miami anymore, and we're barely in Miami ever since. <laughs> A movie's called Miami Connection. Yeah. And we only spent it in Miami for about five minutes. Just love that title, I reckon. I think there's a connection, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there isn't much of... Why put Miami in it? I think because in the 80s, Miami, like with, with things like Miami Vice, yes. it was just a big thing, wasn't it, Miami? So it's kind of like, oh, this will attract people to go and see this movie, but it didn't work. It did not work at all. So so they go to see that. So all the ninja bikers, the leader of the ninja bikers and all that, bring his crew in, and he's dressed in leather. He's a proper biker, mm. right? And goes in and takes seed and watches and it's like so oh we got the band and it's like saying oh and this is what happens we got the uh, we got like what seems to be the orlando connection as yeah. it were who is the bearded guy who looks like a gi joe yeah yeah the brother a right? generic action figure yes who's sort of there and he goes there he grabs him and walks in with him and says like right i want to show you the cl- this is the club we're going to do our negotiations with so we can bring all the cocaine from orlando to you and vice versa and everything else man it's going to be dope Right, they go into the club, and the first, and I love it. The song that plays the moment those guys come in is "Friends," and it's called "Friends Forever," and it's basically talking about how the band are always going to be friends forever. Right? So great. So, I, lo- I love the songs. I love them so much. It's great. I fucking love it because not only are they on the nose, they're actually really well produced. Yeah. Very 80s, but perfect, the right kind of 80s. It isn't like overproduced or just or 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 just anything else. It's just right on the money, right? Mm. And they walk in, and this is when we're introduced to the first of many bizarre plot lines, which don't really go anywhere. Because the bearded guy walks in with the head of the uh, Miami ninjas and says, like, oh, oh, look at the band there. And then says, Isn't that your sister? Why is your sister with that band, those Taekwondo people who are singing about how to fight ninjas? It's just, and it's like, do not worry. I, I, it's, and he says, like, I didn't even know the band was going to be here, whatever it is. And so, like, he's shocked. He's like, why is my sister in this band? And uh, I, we don't know why the sister's in the band. We don't know. It's fucking weird, right? And they sing the song. Everyone's dancing. Fucking pyro. Everyone's happy, right? He is really tall. Oh. Well, I can't really explain it. I just don't like him. <laughs> well, they were divorced when, when I was young. I Is this an exposition dump or what? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh God. There's too many things to write down. My father died a little while after he left us. Oh. I think we might have a few exposition dumps. I think so. This that was a full blown like saying, Oh by the way, this is my brother, I don't like my brother, he's an asshole, plus my family's divorced and everything else. That's a lot to put in in a minute. He's extremely jealous. So you know he joined our band? I'm not sure. Uh-oh. So are these guys supposed to be in... It looked like they were in college. They're supposed to be in university, yeah. yeah. So they are... They're, they're an electro... They're really old. I know. And they're also all orphans, just, just to give you an extra bit of context. Uh-oh. Mr. Generic Beard Man's here, and he looks even more like G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he looks more like Action Man. Remember them? What's this stuff, man? Jeff, this is my friend John. Well, Jeff, we're a lot of good things about you. No, you haven't. Where'd you find this son of a bitch? He's a friend of mine from school. A friend? <laughs> <laughs> How can you act like that? Shut up! God damn. How could you do this? How could you even call yourself my brother? Enough! That guy is not for you. Oh. Shit. Whatever you say. Just remember what I said if you don't want to get hurt. You don't scare me at all. Jane, I want to talk to you <laughs> later. Goodbye. Oh, my Goodbye. God. Yeah, I'm okay. That guy. He... I barely heard a word in Edgewise that way. Terrible dialogue. Yes. <laughs> oh, this, this list we're creating is making more... We don't have to mention all of it, but if there's any... He's this list is going forever. Imagine if we, if we re- reel it off, we could mention all of it quite quickly. So here's the thing: like, can, if I'm having a bit of trouble remembering a lot of the scenes in this movie, mm. now I can only remember like the music and the fighting. Yeah, I mean, all the bits in between they feel like filler, don't they? Mm. Right now, that's because it was. Yeah. Remember, this movie was shot three times, mm. so a lot of it was padded with improvisational dialogue, which was supposed to be character development. Right. So, do you remember, like, the bit we are first introduced to Tall Guy and uh, and the sister, right? Yeah. And they're walking down the... Uh, outside w- the college. Outside yeah. the college. Mm. And how literally... The f- the, literally, the first thing you said, like, um, she starts talking about his brother, right? Mm. And then right after his brother talks about... It's like, uh, talks about their parents divorcing and death and everything. And you're like, holy shit, this is, this is a lot to throw at us in a minute. And it's yeah. because it was improvised, 100%. It wasn't the script. All right. It just literally just crammed into, like, sort of two minutes, isn't it? All lo- that information. A lot of that dialogue. And you notice how we notice in the movie, like, how people talk over each other and whatever. Those are clearly improvised scenes because how can you script that? Yeah, and the... the, the- 
the positioning, like the mark, the marks of the the blocking of the characters, yeah. like they're all over the place, like walking behind each other and stuff like that, and kind of like it's just not organized. It's not organized because this is done by a man who does not know how to make a movie, let alone script writing. Yeah, right. Because it's and they're all just a bunch of taekwondo students, right? Mm. So they're improvising, trying to create, gives them some backstory and plot, which is like what the fuck. So tall guy who is, like, the basis for the band, I believe it is, right? Or whatever it is. Uh, he's holding his holding the sister, who's also now clearly what seems to be his girlfriend or whatever it is, but not made entirely clear at the beginning. Then, yeah, I think they're just, like, dating, aren't they're they? They're dating, they're yeah. dating. And then suddenly the brother arrives and gives him a... And, and goes and says, like... I love this bit, because he goes and says, like, what, what are you doing with him? Oh, he's just, he's just a friend with me from college. I love because A friend! <laughs> Dead loud, and then eventually just punches him. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's his reaction. He's like, a friend, wallop, <laughs> fucking ace. So he knocks him out. The taekwondo guys come in and stop the fight, and it doesn't seem to get anywhere. Then it just abruptly cuts, and it cuts somewhere else. And it's it's really hard to follow by that point because things just jump back and forth in forward in time, random filler scenes, and they're fucking great, but mm. they are also really difficult to talk about. Yeah. And they cut off as well, like we, we like mentioned, like uh, the the editing is is awful. Yes. So it's kind of like it, a scene will just kind of something is happening, mm. and then it'll just end. Yeah, and, and it will kind of like go somewhere else. And, and like, something okay. will be like literally right after a sentence, so you haven't had time to absorb it. Yeah. You're like, now we're here. What the fuck happened? Right. This this movie has been terribly spliced. like a wrestling promo, you know, before a match. Let's like see wrestlers going at it. They're just about the wallet. Oh, oh, he's dropping it down. He's dropping the jacket down. Oh! Wait, 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 wait. How does... Okay, so the club manager knows Taekwondo now. Does anyone in the 80s knew Taekwondo? Because I would fucking love to have known. Epic stare down. And now we're back to this. But that, <laughs> that was the worst angry acting I've ever seen. I know. <laughs> He's just going like, ah, whatever. These bad doesn't even play songs for kids. Which, what the fuck is that supposed to be? <laughs> but a few scenes later, we go back to the club. And this scene was fucking random, but we're introduced to Angry Guy. <laughs> Yeah. Who looks like something out of Dixie's Midnight Runners. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's going to break into Come On Eileen at any moment. <laughs> and the thing is, he's ag- often aggressive, like really like shouting aggressive. But at the same time, it's like someone acting aggressive that, that can't pull it off. So he doesn't naturally look aggressive. He's like shouting, but then he, when he's grabbing people, he's kind of grabbing them kind of gently. Yeah. But he's shouting at them. And he's kind of like... and it's, it's, he, But he's always got some distance between the people. So he's kind of like... It's, it's not even sincere like angry it's weird isn't it it's yeah. like it's like the uncanny valley of anger yeah because you're like i know you're angry but you're not acting angry but you're clearly angry because you're shouting yeah because uh, it basically this angry guy was part of the 
the band, the former band, they used to do the club. Mm. And he's pissed off they've been replaced with Dragon Sound, right? And he goes to the club manager and says, like, what? Look, it's like, what you? and the club manager says, what are you doing here? And I said, like, I do not believe you replace us with this kind of trash. And I love it. These ki- these guys don't even play music for kids. Which I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> right? And so there's just constant, like, wailing and punching. And, and they have a little bullshit. scrap. It's great. But the, uh, the manager of the club... Seems like he can do fighting as well, like Taekwondo as well. Yeah, and there's the weird thing. It's like, that's the only scene with him in it. We don't see the manager ever again. No, and he's like, you would think he would just sort of not, he just can do kind of normal kind of fighting, but he's actually doing martial arts. He's doing he? Taekwondo. Yeah. And there's, there's something we notice throughout the movie. A lot of random people in Orlando clearly know Taekwondo. So clearly... Um, like I know it's because everyone is a everyone in the cast and crew are mostly all students of um of them, right? Yeah. But at the same time, he's sitting there going like, not everyone in this fucking user has been taught by the same guy, right? So it's really sort of random that he's able to really be able to pull a punch on these guys, right? Mm. And he's never brought up again. Nothing. He disappears off the face of the planet. We never see him again. So at this point, the rival gang, I think, now let's try and just beat up. The pre- let's beat up this this band. Well, they're only like a bunch of, what, five members? We're part of a whole gang, right? Because we are connected to the Orlando mobsters who are also connected to the Miami mobsters who are biker ninjas. That's how, that's they, how... They're so arrogant. They think they're the shit. They, they are the shit, right? Dragon Sound have just finished a gig, I think. Yeah. And they're singing a call called Against the Ninja, mm. right? A song about fighting ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> And the scene before it is actually with the brother talking to the head of Miami of the Miami Ninjas, saying like, "You need to get rid of Dragon Sound so we can take over." It's yeah. like, it's like, what does this have to do with the drug trade? I don't know. So convoluted as fuck. And right after that, they seem to magically sing a song about ninjas. Mm. And this song is actually fucking epic because uh, the lyrics are literally like, we're going to stop this evil war. You know, we've got to stop the hatred. Um, you know, we're going to use the power of Taekwondo. Taekwondo, Taekwondo. It's quite liberating, really. It's, like... it's empowering. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to go and beat someone up when you listen to that. Like, fuck yeah, you know? Then we're gonna do something, or we're we just gonna stare at each other's cars for a while. It's a standoff. It's unfair. It's four cars against one. Oh, they're coming out of their cars now. They're ready. Angry guy, like from like Dexter's Midnight Runners. I was gonna say, come, come on, Eileen. Oh, oh man. I just get the job from Edison. Don't bother us. Bullshit! Get out of this goddamn town, and I'm gonna show you. <laughs> I love that guy's acting. It's hilarious. <laughs> angry guy is officially one of my favourites. We should put that on the list. Fucking angry guy. This doesn't look like the welcome wagon. No, really? You sussed that out already? There you go. Oh, that's a complete waste of beer. Oh, oh, 
to the face. Slow-mo. Ooh. <laughs> Angry guy, shit fighting. That's why he's flinging around the chain and shit. <laughs> and wait, that's it. We're done. Very abrupt cut. Uh, <laughs> that it. The fight's over. Let's put terrible editing as well. That's for sure. So he kind of goes to... One scene I remember by this point, they seem to fight off the... Uh, they, they get introduced to the rival gang again kind of thing, and they're driving, and there's four cars, like, in front of them. Mm. You remember that bit? Yeah, that, that street street ball. Yeah. yeah. That, is that the one that had, like, tough guys? Like, Or was that later? That was later on, yeah. Is that, is that, I'm just remembering the music. <laughs> I know, right? It's really hard to remember it note for note. I mean, I've got the plot here, and even then I'm thinking, I don't remember that. Like, yeah. at all, right? Now, but this... The, 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 that, that fight in the street, yeah. that was kind of very, very odd in terms of, like, it was often in a wide shot. Yes. And it was just people doing anything they wanted and, like, really improved, wasn't it? Yeah, like, that felt really improved. Yeah. And then there were moments which clearly looked like we're going to do some super, like, some actual moments where Kim, like, does a fine double kick. Yeah, and I mean, the only, like and the only good bits were with him, obviously, in the fights. Like, just now and again, you get a close of of him fighting... Uh, but they throw or they often throw these slow mo shots in there, which looked yes. awful. Because back in the de- back then, you can't couldn't really do slow mo good because you couldn't shoot at high frame rates. So you just kind of shoot in the same frame rate, and you're kind of slowing it down. It looks kind of really jerky and horrible. Yeah, but the fights, oddly enough, can we just say though, the fights are actually surprisingly good. Mm. Like they're actually really decent fightings because you've got a bunch of martial artists in there. Like it's not like when people hire someone to do like martial arts movie and they have to train, but they're not really good and they have stunt doubles and shit. Well, this movie had a few stunt doubles. Let's yeah, say. it's definitely not Street Fighter. It's not Street Fighter. <laughs> you know? talk about Street Fighter. <sighs> oh, we got that movie will never get out of our minds ever. So. There are there are some really cool fight sequences and really cool bits in the movie which we'll go through as we speak. But it feels like jagged. Like this bit actually just fucking ends, isn't it? Like this mm. fighting just fucking ends and now they're driving and they're back in the house. There's just some horrible bits where you know when they're chasing each other and there's lots of yeah. lots of shots where they're just like a like looks like an am- angry mob just <laughs> running down the street. Ah! <laughs> it looked really weird. I know it feels really weird and I'm not sure if this is the one, but I would be I wouldn't be surprised if this was the one, right? Cuz they were mm. fighting in the street. One of the fight scenes was actually interrupted by police who generally thought it was a brawl. Could be that one. I think it could be that one. Because it was so chaotic. It was like no one knew what they were doing. They were just kind of going for it. Ah, with pipes and bats and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. I love the sound effects in this movie because there's some of them just... Sat, like Some of the time there wasn't any sound effects put on so it sounded really sort of like when they were striking someone it didn't sound... There was nothing there, no impact. Yeah. Then now and again, like we'd say, you say they're holding something metal like the pipes. Yeah. You get this really sort of high ting kind of... Noise, like a, yeah. It's like, like ding. a ding. <laughs> it's great. And, and and the thing is, all the punches never sound hefty. No. All the whooshes don't sound hefty. I'd actually argue that one thing is the sound mixing in this movie is really bizarre. Yeah, because usually these kind of movies, martial art movies, especially in the 80s, went full on with the punch sounds and stuff and mm. kick sounds, like really, like... Exaggerated, but this, um, I suppose he was trying to be more realistic. Uh, How though? We got biker ninjas! I know, but in terms of maybe he wanted the fights to be more realistic. 
uh, and more like sound like real fighting, but it, it didn't really. It, mm. You needed a little bit more impact sounds and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's like I said, I think this movie, in a weird way, like I said, you know how that guy was the uncanny valley of like anger. This whole movie feels like an uncanny valley. It's like they're just a little, little bit short mm. of like being this wondrously magical thing, right? Yeah. By either going to full force or not. <laughs> How old are these guys? Stop being such dicks! Are they dicks. like six? Oh, stop being such dicks! Let the guy have his letter! Can you let him put on his goddamn pants at least? <laughs> John, what happened? I don't know, you won't tell me. Huh? We're gonna be a dick and stealing his letter! What happened? Jim? What is this letter? Tell us, Give him a moment! <laughs> Process! On, oh my god. I didn't know. You had a father. I thought we are all orphans. They're all orphans. <laughs> orphans? I don't know what an orphan is. Like a fish? <laughs> Why did it seem like that bit was in, like, in thought as well? Yeah! <laughs> I thought we were all opens. <laughs> my father was black American. Oscar-winning moment. The tears, man. He's doing it all while being topless and with his pants halfway down. And we never stop again. She told me to find him. <laughs> oh my god, man! <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. This must be a serious. This must be a very serious moment. <laughs> Shit. That guy doesn't know how to hit his mark. He was behind him all the, the time. The entire time. <laughs> You know what? I, I, I bet the guy who stole his letter must be like a real dick now. He's like, uh, who's this? Your parents? Uh. <laughs> but so once the after fight's over, right? Mm. And this is where we're introduced to Orpins. Um, we uh, they, they arrive home, and Jimmy, who's the, who's who's the black guy who I think is the keyboard player, I think it is, or whatever yeah. it is, right? He's um, he gets a letter, but he didn't get a letter originally because the tall guy's being a dick. Oh, he's teasing him like he's like eight years old. So, like, so we you got a letter. Uh, you, you can have it. You can have it. And he's sort of ha- fake handing it to him, yeah. isn't he? Then he's snatching it away, like you, like kids do. And yeah, these guys are meant to be like in their twenties, aren't they? Yeah, it's like stop being a dick. He's like, uh, he's like, nah, 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 you got a letter. What is it? What is it? What is it? What's his letter about? And like, dude, chill the fuck out. Let him read it first. Mm. You know. So he re- he opens up the letter. He reads it very dramatically, and this is gets. I think it's one of the first, it's the only crying scene in the movie. I love this scene; it's great. It's just it's so so funny, and it's not meant to be funny, is it? I know. We feel like really bad people, but you know what? So he's he's talking about it. He opens up a letter, and he says like, "This is a letter. It's about my father." And it's like, and then he's like confused, like, "Wait, wait a minute." What's happening here? Right? And it's like, I thought we were opens. Like, like, what happened? And then he says like, "Right." And he breaks into into a flood of tears, but it's like it's like baby whining crying, you know what I mean? It's not like sad crying. It's like, yeah, it is. 
There is a whole thing of like little kids. They're all like little kids in this scene because you got the whole sort of teasing at the yes. beginning, and then when he's crying, he sounds like a little kid that's just had a tantrum and he's kind of like, oh, he stole my toy from me, kind of thing. It's that kind of like cry, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. But the scene's supposed to be really dramatic, and you got underneath it, you got this uh, really sad synthesizer going. It's like really sort of would be kind of moving if if, if the visual matched it properly. But it didn't. It's really shit because of it. Like, so he's talking about basically like my my mother was my mother was South Korean and my father was African American. And I, I was thinking for a minute, it's like I hope I'm hope I'm glad one of you guys was I was an African American because my God, it would have been really awkward, yeah. right? Um, so, um, so he says like when my mother died. My mother died. It, it came, he gave me. She gave me this picture, and this picture was like the of like the, uh, of the of the father. And so I'm like, I need to go and find my father, and I don't know whether he's alive. He left me when it was so young, and I want to go there. No, you know, I'll let him be there. But this is the thing. There's a lot of random filler scenes in this movie. Yeah, like for example, them just going to the beach. <laughs> Beach bum shots. Lots of beach bum shots and boobs and whatever, right? It was like Baywatch, wasn't it, at that point? Yeah. Like, when you got the intro to Baywatch, it was shots of, like, bikini boobs yeah. and, like, bikini bums and stuff. Loads male of, and female. Male and female, just loads yeah. of them, right? And uh, it's like, and just them driving the car going, woo, take your pants off, or whatever. It's like, what the f- what the hell? Um, it's really weird, right? And it that doesn't develop into anything, really, mm. except talking about how, like, you know, like, you know, sorry, like, so we had this beating before, but we, we can beat them, we can beat them, yeah, whatever, right, whatever it is. And they're flirting and random comical scenes that make no sense, mm. right? Another random bit is where literally halfway through the movie, for no reason, there's this Taekwondo demonstration. Yeah. It's really long. It's like very, very long. Like sort of a tutorial to Taekwondo. Yeah, it's like, like tutorial video. Yeah, it's like this is how to do Taekwondo. First of all, this is me doing my kicks. So Kim's around just doing a whole bunch of kicks with nasty looking feet. Because they're just dirty as hell. Because he's doing a grass, people. Yeah. And um, I love this. This is when we're introduced to something really nasty that I don't think you should be doing. Because he uses his fucking toes to grab people in the face. Ugh, you gross and like there's a bit where I swear he just gives a guy a toe job (laughs) (laughs) he just like it looks like because he's grabbing the uh, face he just looks like his toes are just in his mouth Uh (laughs) I don't think they are but it looks like it's gross right just don't look okay foot fetishes out there maybe this is for you but nope no toes no dirty ass toes going near my nose and mouth Right. Yeah, that is just a, a weird thing. I don't see why he needs to grab them by his, t- his feet. He does this three times. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing. I think it's like Kim's sort of thing. Like Kim says, like, you know, I, I have my fo- my feet are so strong that I can lift someone up with just my toes, right? And he fucking does it. Yeah. We're like, dude, don't like, be something. We gotta put that in there. We gotta put it in there. We put it in again. To be on the nose lyrics. Four now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I won't. And they're literally just a bunch of bikers. Oh my sweet Jesus. Boobs! 
no fucking reason there's boobs in it. Butt shots. Can I tell some more butt shots? Yeah. Someone just literally mooned the screen. It's a butt shot. They just come out of fucking nowhere. That's why I'm calling them random boobs, not just boobs. Random the boobs. boobs. There's, there they are, another... Is that the same one, wasn't it? Oh, I'm not sure, but there's so many pairs of tits just coming out of nowhere. It's almost <laughs> laughable, because it's, like, not even a build-up to, like, good tits. They're just tits. Suddenly boobs. Suddenly boobs. <laughs> Suddenly. Dot, dot, dot. Tits. <laughs> <laughs> Where they all go to a biker bar, yeah, and they just fucking seem to drink and not talk about business, but they're clearly there to talk about business because, like, we need to we need to we need to get the business going. But we also need to stop Dragon Sound from getting worse. But this is where random boobs and butts appear. Yeah, there's just I think I think it's three boob shots, random boob shots in that scene. And I think to be to be honest, it was it was the time when. Uh, that would attract people to watch movies. Bo- have a, to know that there's boobs in it. Yeah. So I think they just threw them in there. Like. But I don't think, this is what I think. I don't actually think it was the director's idea. This is what I'm convinced by. I'm mm. convinced they left the camera running and then just the, you know, do you know how some people are like on front of a camera? They want to do something really stupid. So all the women like, go, at, like at rock concerts and stuff. 100%, yeah. right? Mm. A random factoid, right? Mm. All the bikers in the movie were real bikers. All oh, right. That were paid with beer. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And the 100 bikers showed up for the film's premiere. <sighs> Fantastic. So this is technically a biker's movie. And no wonder those scenes got chaotic, because how can you control bikers? How can you control a bunch of gnarly, drunken bikers in leather? Like, you, and, 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 like, and that tiny kung fu, like, that tiny taekwondo guy is not going to go and direct them and say, like, hey, can you stop with the uh, with, with the boobs, please? Can you stop with the boobs, please? They're, they're not going to do that. He's going to go, like, what do you say about my wife? My wife can flash anyone and everything. <laughs> but the reason why I... The two things why I found that that kind of scene and lots of scenes really hard to follow yeah. is because there's lots of mumbly type dialogue, which yes. is kind of like, it, it looks as if they should have done more takes to get it right, to yeah. get it more clear. And not only that, like, 
like the editing again. It's like mm-hmm. it's cutting to different angles, different people. And it's jarring. It's like, well, where are they positioned? I can't tell what who's who's where and kind of like the geography and time is <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. Like you don't know where anyone's standing. Yeah. You don't know where anyone is. See, we we're looking at the movie going like I, I'm convinced we must have missed a minute or something. Yeah, like have it fallen asleep? It's like no, we haven't fallen asleep. It just jumped a minute ahead of it should be, you know. Um, but I mean, like there are movies like that which are like the editing is the editing's pretty bad, but still coherent somehow. Mm. This is it's hard to be coherent with this movie, but it's almost this is the weird thing because we've been dissing the movie quite badly. But to be honest, we're loving it because it's almost yeah. comical about how how the choices were made. Yeah, and there's a lot there's so much this entertaining going on. You sometimes miss the, the bad things, yeah, like the imperfections because apparently when I was I read upon it a little bit, and apparently there's so many like blunders like where like the booms in shot and there's people yeah. crew in shot and this but but you don't always notice them because you're so distracted with how much fun is going on screen yeah i mean there were there were definitely moments there was definitely one moment where we guarantee we saw two tourists walking past a bridge yeah and we're thinking like oh they just kept it in well done it's like oh good god it's like it's there is a lot here yeah, because the next bit, one of my favourite bits afterwards, is the rival gang eventually now goes to see the uh, Orlando gang and says, like, we want you to take down Dragon Sound because if, if you if you do that, then we get our jobs back as, as the band. So your gang and my gang and your connection with the Miami Ninjas, we can go and take them down, right? This is angry guy again. Yeah, he say, doesn't he say, like... You know, the Taekwondo, they're pretty bad. Bad as in good. Like, yeah. Like, like, or bad as in like badass. badass. Yeah. Not like they're pretty bad. Well, they're pretty bad at Taekwondo. Yeah. This is easy. <laughs> that was like a time in the 80s and 90s. You, you say bad and that means badass. It, yeah. it, it, no one used it as like meaning terrible anymore, did they? Exactly. Oh, he's go- she's going to find out and she's not going to be happy. What is that outfit though? What, she- <clears throat> what the fuck is that top? Oh, I don't give up. I get, uh, it's 80s fashion. I have to give up with it because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. It's so... The, the, the dialogue at times is so chaotic that everyone's talking at the same time. There's no, like... It's like they didn't rehearse anything. Uh, it's so whiny and so improv as well. Like, you can't... Like, give us a moment to process things. It's like these guys at the moment, in that scene, they weren't supposed to be background because they were the only people in shot. So you've got to hear each individual one and not have them all talking at the same time. I know. I agree. Coors Light, the beer of ninjas. I'll take care of myself, okay? I'm old enough to do that now. If I want to see John, I will. Besides that, I love him. There's nothing you can do about it. I always love now. It's just like... Like a Romeo and Juliet situation. This is the weirdest Romeo and Juliet situation. I've worked very hard to give you the best things in life. You are you you're from you're from a family of Taekwondo. I'm connected to a family of ninjas. It's it'll never work. Is your brother now listen to me? I don't want you to see him again, ever. I want you to go home now and remember what I said. I'll go home. And you are terrible. Yes. You're terrible. You're oh you're just so bad. Your dead 
right. is pointing. Right there, motherfucker, right there. Oh, here we go. Ooh. What? <laughs> what? Right here. Yeah, I'm just as confused as you are. You can see that the comedy bits in it. Yeah. Like, they're kind of awkward, though, aren't they? Because you don't expect them. It's like funny, but in a different way. You're laughing at it, not with it. Yeah, because why the fuck did Axl Rose just gyrate in front of the guy? He knows he's going to get his ass kicked. And then they fucking just go and do another brawl. Yeah. And the brawls are, again, they're good, but I can barely remember some of them. No. You just remember, like... There's, there's certain gory shots and stuff like that. Of, oh, totally. Certain things like maybe an arm gets chopped off, maybe a sort of, uh, you know, uh, there's a slice to the stomach or something like that. You just remember those visually bit, visual bits, don't you? But you don't yeah. remember what happens as a whole like, in the yeah. fight. <laughs> I do not remember that at all. And it's really sort of weird, right? So they have the brawl and the fight, and he seemed to, and it looks like the gang won, wins again. You know, the, the, the Dragon Town win them again. Where it's only just three of them this time, because those are the three that are clearly like Taekwondo experts. You've mm. got Jimmy, who's a black guy, who's clearly just going, wah. And the musician, who clearly all, he's, all he gets does is gets beaten up and kidnapped. Yeah. Right? So he doesn't really, he's not really part of it. This is a random piece. Right afterwards, two police go, but once all that happens, the officers come in. Two random police officers come out of nowhere, right? Mm. Now, this was a randomly piece, like a random, another additional scene they just added in. Yeah. Because the brawl, the, there was another brawl happening, and the coppers were driving by and tried to stop this brawl. Okay. So they grabbed these police officers, um, right? They would grab these random police officers and said, can we add a scene with you in them? That's a bribery, right? So he apparently was so nervous that one of them points his pistol straight at his fellow officer's torso for being so nervous. So that was really, really bizarre. Like, these two coppers randomly appear. We never see from them again. They say a bunch of lines saying, like, oh, it must be one of the rival gangs. Because he never acted before, They were one of them was so nervous they nearly may have accidentally shot the other copper. God's sake. Like, Wow. How he waving his gun around like <laughs> this is the weird thing. How the coppers got stage fright? Well, then to be fair to him though, yeah, if they haven't been on camera before, you would naturally have a bit of stage fright, you know. True, but shy. true, but nearly, but maybe shooting the other copper by accident in the torso is pretty fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> What are those shorts? <laughs> oh, that's so up there. That must give you a wedgie. Male hot... They're like hot pads. Those are they? so hot pads. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the 80s. Only in the 80s. Karate man. <laughs> Does everyone know Taekwondo? Everybody. <laughs> I 
glad we didn't see the guy in hot pants fight too much. I think he could pop out of there. Oh, oh, imagine that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> One man wiping team. They arrived just a little too late. I am so sorry for what happened. I didn't mean. What are you sorry about? You knocked out like a whole gang of muggers. Kakonda is not just kicking and punching. Kakonda is right here and right here. All right, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Fucking hell! Yes, Uncle Joe, I know what you mean. And I know what Taekwondo is all about. Now, the restaurant, mm. to my knowledge, is also run by another Korean guy, right? Yeah. Who I'm not entirely sure, but may actually have been the director. Okay. I can barely remember names. What happens is he goes, they go to this Korean restaurant about three times. Yeah. And the guy who runs the restaurant knows Taekwondo and can beat the crap out of anybody. Mm. I think he probably knows better. Because at one point when he beats up like a whole bunch of guys, at one point, the, the gang just arrive. Yeah. And, he, and the guy's like, oh, I've got to punch. Like, oh, I'm so sorry for the big... No, what the fuck? You just beat these guys up. And he comes with these random Mr. Miyagi words of wisdom. <laughs> I love it. Because he, he says, like, Taekwondo is not here. But pointing to his, like, he's, he's, he, yeah. he says Taekwondo is here, pointing to his heart, doesn't he? Yes. Taekwondo is here up here in the mind yes. and in the heart, not yes. not your fists. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It is totally Mr Miyagi. It is. And I totally realise it is the director, which makes it even funnier. So the director is basically... Is the motivational speaker. speaker. and the mastermind of, like, clearly the guy who may have trained them or whatever. But it's I love it because it's, like, randomly just eating, like, Korean food. Just like, nom, nom. And he's just there at one point just smiling at them really yeah. awkwardly. there's loads of long shots of him just grinning at them in, like, I'm happy with this scene. I'm like, happy with this, yeah. Yeah, right. But in the third time they go to the restaurant, you know, uh, they all jump out of the car other than Mullet Man. And Mullet Man suddenly just gets fucking kidnapped. Mullet Man. Mullet Man. <laughs> he sounds like he should be a superhero, but he's not because he just gets captured all the time. <laughs> My God. And so then it's up to, and they start beating him up and everything else, take him to the gym, beats him up, you know. And, and it's gonna looks like he's going to fucking kill him terribly because some of the dialogue is really nasty. They say, yeah. I'm going to enjoy blowing his arms off bit by bit. Yeah, but nasty it's, fucker. But it's, so, like, it's such a contrast, though, because when they first capture him, it's of them in the room they just sort of say like yeah wait there you jerk or something like that like really harsh like not like not harsh at all and then later on they say they're gonna blow his arms off and stuff jumping yeah. in levels right fucking jumping in levels right and so they all go and so therefore dragon sound find out about this and try and fucking take things down right and this is where you get all the random shit now i'm not sure if you remember this but jimmy is part of the party this time around and he's holding this pipe now, what I love about it is, like, there's one bit where the goons are walking around trying to find the dragon sound. And then Jimmy, holding a pipe, jumps out of a barrel and wallops him in the head. Yeah. And what I love about it is, like, how long were you in that barrel for, waiting for a guy to get past you? It's crazy. <laughs> so he's got that happening. You've got, like, people with giant spiky, like, bats. And it goes AWOL. Like, this is where it starts getting a bit gory. Like, people are starting to get, like, like a cut through the neck and through the eye and yeah, stuff there was like actually, that. Yeah, there was actually one where 
a guy got his like face sliced and you actually see it. It's that like, is gross. Quite nice. It didn't look bad, half bad actually. It's good effect. Yeah, it's good. It's good effect. And they finally do like the they're getting up there, they're fighting, they're doing the brawl and everything else. They're getting up and they're going up and they're going up and going up. Right, and then they finally just get the brother. Like there's only the brothers left now, and then he nudges them off a, off like the edge of like a some kind of um like you know railing kind of thing like at the top of like a like some kind of uh, build and dies. Yeah, and it's slow motion, of course. Slow motion death. <laughs> Splat. Right. So now the brother's dead, mm. and we're kind of thinking like, oh shit. What's the sister going to think about it, right? Yeah. Because all the bits beforehand, is like the sister saying, like, I'm going to do what I want, but I still love you. Just don't do something stupid. But leave, But also, leave me alone. But also, like, I love you. But leave the, me alone. There's the, the dynamic is kind of like a bit of a Scarface type thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. The, Scarface, the sister in Scarface is, like, aggressively overprotective of her, isn't it? Yeah. And they, they've kind of got that kind of a similar relationship. They do, and it's really weird because it doesn't work with it. Um... Ages to react, the other guy. <laughs> Do you not know your, your friend just mysteriously disappeared? That's using a bit of stealth here. I know, it's subtle. Mind you, they're like, and they're, they're not the ninjas. Either. They're not the ninjas. <laughs> Give me some of that shit. <laughs> There's so much 80s backlighting. I love it. It's like really heavy backlighting. All the blue. So much blue. <laughs> yeah, just like the, the editing's like really bad because, for example, that guy that was sitting down, yeah. you didn't see him sort of get up or react, so it was weird when he all of a sudden was killing, attacking the rest of them. Like. Does it always feel like you're missing a few minutes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, epic stare down. Well, that is awesome. What the hell is that? Spiky weapon. I love it. <laughs> What's happening? Oh... <laughs> oh shit oh he's dead now I wonder how his sister's going to react to this for a suit to see your father. Yay! That is... <laughs> he is so happy. <laughs> so overjoyed. <laughs> Dude, put him down. <laughs> After all this build-up of building out, like, with, like, building up with the brother and all, the brother now dies, right? Okay? Soon after this, like, really fucking quickly, because the movie could cut, mm. Jimmy gets a letter... <laughs> This going back to this like plot line again because we've brought this up. Jimmy gets a letter, and I love the reaction to it because he gets a letter. Like he's he's gone to the mailbox. He gets a letter. He reads it, and he goes, "My father! Oh my god, my father!" 
My father's alive! Yay! Yeah! Oh my god! I, I want to give my daddy back. I know. He's so excited. And then, then the rest of the gang come out. They give him all the support. They put him on his fucking shoulders. They're going to pay, like, they're going to buy him a suit. They're gonna, he's going to the airport to see him. The whole thing. They're so nice. Like, the whole friendship vibe is, like, ridiculous. It's like, how much money do you have? How much money do you have? We're all going to club together and buy you a suit. It's so nice. That's not... My friends, my friends, but if I had all of this, like, look, we'll give you 50, 50, 50, 50. Go, buy yourself a fucking suit. It's like, great friends. Can my friends buy me suits, please? <laughs> can we all get, can we just get me a suit, buddy? Um, so they do that and they get dressed up. They're doing the whole thing. They're getting ready. And then just as because they're going to go and see, Jimmy's now to go and see his father, right? Finally. Mm. But at the same time, while this is happening, the Miami ninjas know that the brother is dead. Mm. And so they act revenge on the, it's because the way of the Miami ninja, Right. <laughs> Of course, like fuck. So now the ninjas are now chasing after Dragon Sound because the because the, the Orlando gang couldn't do it, the rival gang couldn't do it. So they're sending the ninjas in. They're sending in the fucking ninjas. Mm. Now this is the thing, um, the movie about well, for a movie that's basically around biker ninjas, mm. we barely saw the ninjas. We saw them at the beginning, no. at the end, but the they are worth the wait, especially near the end, right? Yeah, because most of the, up to this point, most of it was just like. Your Taekwondo uh, guys yeah. and your the, the 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 other gang that's kind of like they they know is it do they know ninjutsu yeah they yeah, do, yeah, but yeah, they, yeah but they're not ninjas are they no they're not ninjas yeah they're just like so it's just martial arts like regular sort of martial art battles at that point no ninjas they're not in the outfits you know no. and I, we need them in the outfits yeah and that's what I love about it so they find that's what is happening then. Tall guy and Jimmy and everyone else is driving in. And this is what I love. You know that whole plot line thing like, oh shit, his brother's dead. How is she going to react to this? Yeah, we thought it would really be an awkward scene and he kind of should be really upset about it. Yeah. But no. No, no, not that, not, not that upset about it, apparently. And she, she goes, I'm sorry I haven't been around. You know, I have a lot to think about. Well, duh, because your brother died, right? But then it says, like, you know, I've been thinking about it and everything else. And I love the tall guys, you know, we had to do what we had to do. It's like, did you? He kind of fell over. Yeah. Like, you could have done something. Like, you could take him to the hospital or whatever, but no. Kind of just pushed him off, like, a towel. Yeah, but on top of that, it's all like saying, well, technically, he did kidnap Mullet Man. Yeah. But then you're thinking, like, and but then it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Are we still together? But then she, uh, I, I don't, I, and then she said, like, you know, I really thought about it and I wanted to be away from you, but I, I know, I know he's my brother, but my brother's a bad man, and I, but, and I also, and I also realized I love you, so I want to be with you. And that's it. End of plot. Yeah. Plotline dropped. Done. She she's another one that's a bit of a mumbler, isn't she? Yeah. And her acting is terrible, but mm. the thing is, she's got a lot of lines, so yeah. it, you really notice it. Just talks like that, and she just like, "I love you, but I I know you killed my brother, but I love you anyway." It's like really quiet and mumbly like that. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, it's not is would never acted before this movie, mm. which makes sense. Actually, if you look at it. But also, um, he was also, before this, he was basically a, a, an estate, he was basically sort of like a real estate agent. All right. So he, he's basically a really, really good salesman, which I find really fucking brilliant. He went, after he went on to, after that, he never acted professionally again afterwards, mm. right? He went on to be a successful sales career, working in the business equipment, radio advertising, and merchant services. He's currently sales VIP and live streaming online podcasting. So, Jimmy. Hello, uh, name is Maurice Smith. Maurice Smith, could we join your podcast stream, please? Because we are big fans of your movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm talking directly to the mic as we speak because my god, we, we we could work together, buddy. Right? So he's got so yeah, it's a lot of these guys were not originally actors and they never acted again afterwards. Mm. You know, so because, that happens a lot though a lot of these movies we've seen. Like a lot yeah. of the Troll Two, for example, that was a one of our episodes. And a lot of those people, they just kind of did acting that particular time and never did it again. Yeah, because it was just thought, oh, it would be a bit of fun. Yep. Viking ninjas. Now, finally, will we see the final confrontation between Dragon Sound and the ultimate Viking ninjas? Like, that's a confusing image, right? Because ninja's supposed to be quiet and subtle, and they're fucking Harley Davidson. The, the loudest bike ever. <laughs> yeah, ha, you're not being subtle with these. <laughs> oh, ninjas. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, these are the regular neighborhood ninjas. Get out of the way. You will never make it to the airport. You are faithful Jeff's death. Yeah! All for Jeff. All for fucking Jeff. Come on, Jeff! Guessing these guys are going to be a bit tougher than ninjas. These are going to be tougher than regular ones. Jim, he just found his dad too. Bastards. Jim, we can make Beat the ninjas first. <laughs> Alright, come on. You slice Jim. You I would fucking get him. Yeah! Oh nasty. He is so angry and full of rage. The first slow mo shot, fucking hell. I think I'll, I'll stop counting with the slow mo shots. There's so many. We'll just say, we'll just say multiple. <laughs> oh no! Tall guys got slashed. Oh, goo! Oh, that blow went right into his face. So there we go. So finally, we got all that together. That plot line's dropped. And we're now going, Jimmy's going to finally see his dad in a dress and a full suit. Who fucking arrives? The fucking ninjas arrive, don't they? Yeah. Right, so... I was waiting for you to say ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking ninjas arrive. And they, they bombard the car. And this is where... They we finally get fight with ninjas, right? So samurai swords, people gets like arms like like chopped off, back, chest, everything gets bloodied. It gets it gets really kind of nasty. Yeah, there's, there's lots of like a lot of the gore is in this scene. Yeah, right? mm. and so they uh, they're, they're going what? And then the tall guy goes fucking insane when his arm gets like when his back gets scraped off with a ninja with like a, with, with a samurai sword, and he goes ah. 
I, I love it when he, take, he takes his top off and he's got like blood all over him and he's just like got turning into like Rambo kind of he's thing. He's got fucking bloodlust, you know? Like he's slicing people left, right, and center. Kim is slicing people left, right, and center. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy gets hurt mm. and gets sliced open. I'm like, oh no. And his new suit as well. So his friends bore him. Really fucking sad, mate. And it's like, oh no, Jimmy. Jimmy, don't die. Jimmy, don't die. Jimmy, don't die. And then they're angry. And those two are going out fucking beating all the ninjas. They're like proper sobbing, aren't they? Like, Jimmy, Jimmy! When Jimmy gets sliced, death scream is amazing. It's like, oh! It goes on forever. Yeah, it's really long. It's great. No! kind of thing isn't it yeah yeah and you're thinking like I don't know it's like it's, it's, you're thinking oh she's gonna die he's gonna die but we'll, we'll, we'll continue on with a bit uh oh boss everybody's done <laughs> oh brilliant that was an over-exaggeration. <laughs> After, so while all that is happening then, all the ninjas get killed off by these two crazy mofos, mm. right? Which is really random, because clearly they're driving towards through Orlando halfway through Miami or something. They must be driving halfway through Miami or something, because the white ninja shows up. Now, the white ninja it seems to be in his dojo somewhere, which we thought was in Miami, but isn't. Because yeah. it fucking teleports. And I love it, because one ninja's dragging his body in. He's literally pulling himself by his sword, isn't he? Yeah. Like, just like, he's so wounded, he kind of can't walk anymore. Probably. I love it. <laughs> so he's just using his sword as like, like a, a cane, isn't he? Yeah, like, like a crutch. And uh, he, just, he just says that they're all dead. They killed them all. And then suddenly, the, most, the best of reaction I think I've ever seen. <laughs> the only decapitation in the movie. And it just happens out of fucking nowhere as well. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. We laughed so much at that bit. Because, like, it's like, everybody's dead. And the head's like, just like a fucking stump. And he goes, And then it's, there's a real long, awkward moment of silence. Yeah. This is, what was, this is then what happened. The movie technically originally ends there. All right, okay. So the movie ends with the two guys beating all the ninjas. Yeah. Except the white ninja. The white ninja decapitates someone and planning revenge as if there was going to be a sequel to this. (laughs) Deary me. And and Jimmy dies. And Jimmy dies. Yeah. He never gets to see his dad. That's so tragic, right? That must be why it seems so awkward that they added the dad in. Like, yeah. The, is in that, in the which, which we will get to. Which we will fucking get to. All right? So, um, by that point, that's how the movie ended, right? Mm. But the issue was, when they showed the, that, that cut to, to distributors, right, they said, the ending's too much of a downer. Mm. Which, of course it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, all the ninjas are dead, but... Holy hell, man! Like that's a, so the the head and ninjas are still alive, ready to get revenge on Dragon Town, and Jimmy's dead. Mm. Like that's not how you end it. They had to go back and shoot. This is the third reshoot, and that, so they shot the fight scene with the ninja, right? So, yeah. but the the original guy, the original Japanese guy, that I saw like I uh, think is uh, Sim Yong Jo Yo or whatever it is, right? Sim mm. Yong Yo, I believe, right? Couldn't make it, mm. so it was played by a white guy. 
All right. This okay. is why when we looked at the fight and I said, that is clearly not him. Yeah. And lots of, like, shots from, like, behind and stuff. Yeah, like. but then even then I saw some bits and there's a bit where his his mask goes off. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you are not the white ninja. <laughs> yeah? So, and he gets beaten. He gets beaten really sloppily as well. Like, it doesn't seem like an, this epic fight. No, he's meant to be the master of the ninjas. And yeah. He should be a really sort of close fight, I would have thought. Yeah, but no. It was kind of sloppy on both ends. Mm. Like, there was head rolls and, like, things just, like, like almost like calf fighty almost and then finally he dies and then and then kim just walks away in like this rambo like i have seen shit man yeah i've seen stuff it's fucking terrible if the white ninja is supposed to be i okay i'm gonna have to woe that i'm confused if the white ninja has been done by different people because it looks like three different people are playing the same guy. Yeah, probably. Probably had a stunt guy. Like, but there's so many different ones for the same guy. Oh, has he beaten him? Don't turn your back on a ninja, man. Never turn your back on a ninja. That's ruined your whites, mate. That's <laughs> never gonna come out. Not even Daz. Not even Daz. Take your time, mate. You know, you know. Casual. <laughs> casual walks in, say that you after a ninja attack. That's his father. The wounds weren't as deep as we initially thought. He did lose a lot of blood. But there was very little <laughs> internal damage. Oh, thank God. When can we see him? He'll be out shortly. Why does the dad look younger than the son? <laughs> if you have any problems, just give me a call. So they've just you, they've just added grey hair to him, but he's, oh, he's, like, he's actually a younger man. I know. Fucking hell, man. Jimmy's like my brother. I would do anything for him. Anything. Jim! I would, I would anything for him. Anything, would anything. Like I'll make anything out of wood for him. <laughs> How would it feel? It still hurts. Go the hurts. Seeing you guys again. Seeing my father. Jim, it's all over. Let's all go home. Freeze frame. And. Only through the elimination of violence can we achieve world peace. But, dude, <laughs> you guys killed loads of fucking people. Definitely. Oh. <laughs> then the shot we see, this is the ending, the original ending, is the, that's where Jimmy in the car, bleeding out with Kim holding him in his arms and a tall guy driving, right? And this leads to... Yeah, because I remember we watching it and we were, like, thinking, he's still alive? How? <laughs> He got sliced the fuck open and he got sliced first, so he must have been bleeding out terribly. Yeah. Right? And the sun was setting too. <laughs> it's mm. like, oh shit. And Jimmy's like, I'm gonna, I'm done. I wanna see my dad. I wanna see my dad. It's like, we gotta take it to a hospital, buddy. We gotta take it to a hospital. They end up in the hospital. Mm. And then 
fucking out of nowhere because he's not introduced properly. The dad shows up, sitting there with the rest of them. Yeah, Jimmy Pop. <laughs> right? And this is clearly what it is. He didn't look a thing like his picture. And here's the best bit. The father looks younger than the son. Yeah, the only way they've tried to age him is yeah. by putting him in, like, having him, like, a grey wig and beard and stuff. Yeah. And put glasses on him as well. They're just using sort of, like, costume and kind of makeup wire to make a younger guy older. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. It looks so off. He's so baby-faced, but with grey moustache and hair, you're thinking, like... But then you've, got, then you've got Jimmy, who's got wrinkles and looks more... looks fucking stressed out as hell and looks taller than him as well. Everything doesn't feel right with that. And it's like... Thank you. And it's like, uh, I love it because Jimmy's dad basically, thank you. I, I I nearly lost my son a second time. His acting is awful, isn't it? It's awful. It's wooden as fuck. It doesn't make any sense. And then the movie ends with a freeze frame of everyone just walking out of the hospital saying, we are changed men, but we're here to change the future. And then literally out of nowhere, if everyone stopped being violent to each other, we can say world peace or whatever the fuck it is. And it's something really stupid, but basically, like, stop being violent. Yeah. If you destroy violence, then we can finally have world peace. <laughs> and then the music plays, and it's fucking great. And the movie at the end is... The music at the end is like a combination of all the on-the-nose stuff. It's talking about how how he's finally got to see his father, fucking yeah. ninja battle, the cocaine, a summary of the movie nearly at the end of it. I mean, that's what happens when... You know when you get the music written for the movie? Yeah. It often can go that far on the nose, can't it? Like, if they if they selected songs to place in the movie, it perhaps wouldn't have been that bad. But like, Yeah, but at the same time, that costs money. Yeah. So, and and I, I think that's part of his charm anyway. I love it. I love how on the nose all the lyrics are. Which means if you if you, if you get the soundtrack and actually listen to, like, and listen to from beginning to end, we know the plot of the movie. Mm. We know there's tough guys, for example, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> What do you think of the movie as a whole? I I love it, and it's the thing is with some bad movies, I can uh, not sort of tolerate the, the the kind of trashiness to them, and it makes me cringe, and it's kind of yeah. like, and I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I'm getting frustrated. But this movie has got so much entertaining distractions mm. that you forgive a lot of the problems, yeah, and you just kind of embrace it and, and it's it's so much fun to watch mm. that I, I just find it really enjoyable and I you think that it would be too busy with like ninjas, bikers, gangsters, martial arts, loads of fight scenes and stuff like you think it'd be in rock bands and like all the music <laughs> stuff. You think it'd be too busy, but they all those things somehow work. They somehow work, but they also don't work. Yeah. And I think that's why it works. Yeah, it is it is, it is because there's too much that makes it funny and entertaining i mean personally i find it's funny because um to a point we're trying to go through the plot and how i'm struggling to get through the plot mm. but when i remember something it's like oh god damn that was brilliant oh that was stupid oh that was wonderful there's yeah. a lot there's a cornucopia of like just pure 80s rubbish in it it combines everything i love about 80s trash yeah right with especially the music and i love the martial arts because the fight scenes were pretty decent they weren't sloppy except the last ninja fight everything else was like really good yeah. and it, it, it was entertainingly well done and the fights were decent and it looked great with the neon and all the smoke and everything else it has an aesthetic to it it's got a direction to it mm. yes there were moments you can clearly see this movie got shot and rewritten 
three times. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I totally think that this movie is a whale of a time. But it's also a bit draining. But it's also, once you get through it, you'll appreciate it 100%. Because, my God, there are some wacky moments. Yeah. Just thinking about the plot alone, the music, the biker gangs, the ninjas, the everything. It's all merged together into like a tiny little sort of bubble and it's wonderful i love it i'd recommend 100 percent. yeah definitely because this on our other on our video the yeah. trash taster this we ranked this didn't we yeah we scored 60 which is like just it's about to go into too trashy but it's trash you can see yes. trash so that that's out of 100 that scale and like the top of this the 100 would be complete torture like really yeah. you can't tolerate it we can't tolerate um, it. so that gives you an indication of what to expect this is basically the this is basically an ideal trash tape because mm. we, we don't want like a tame tape we don't want a tiny bit trashy tape mm. we don't want a too trashy tape and we don't want a torture tape no. we want a trash tape and this falls directly into that mm. so definitely excellent so next time round it will be Christmas. Yes. And so we are thinking then, well, I might have a little surprise, but we're definitely doing a Christmas movie. Definitely. Now, if you guys want to th- if you guys want to throw down in any kind of review or comments about what you think the Christmas movie is going to be. Yeah, throw your suggestions in there because I'd love to see them. Oh, there's loads. Um, there's loads of bad Christmas movies. Like, uh, I, I'm throwing something in there. We're all throwing something in there. We're going to figure out which one's the best one to do for this episode. Because we, if, if this keeps going, we've got a lot of Christmas movies to get through every fucking year. <laughs> so, until next time, keep an eye on your trash. There may be some treasure in there. See you later, guys. <whistles> Trash Tapes is a podcast created by Enigmatic Productions. It is hosted and created by Johan Paul and co-starring Edward Harvey. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Acast and Buzzsprout. You can also find more information about us on our social media sites. We have Instagram, which, uh, which is under Enigmatic Productions. Uh, we have a Facebook page called Under Studio Enigmatic. And we have a Twitter under Enigmatic underscore UK. For more information on the on the other kind of products and projects that we're up to, check out our website at www.enigmaticproductions.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. 
See you next time, cinephiles. <laughs>